0: Hello, all you amazing moms. It's me, Michelle, and I know if you're dealing with divorce, it can be daunting. Trust me. But with HelloDivorce.com, you're not alone. They offer a refreshingly simple, affordable, and stress-free divorce alternative without skimping on the expert support you know you need for this crucial transition. Listen, whether it's straightforward separation or you're tackling complex legal and financial negotiations, Hello Divorce is going to ensure that you navigate from uncertainty to confident clarity. Their best-in-class, five-star customer service team is your guide to setting up for success in this next chapter. Plus, come on, they're one of America's most innovative companies. Mention my name, Michelle, and they're going to treat you extra special. Don't wait, though. You got to start shaping your brighter future today. Visit hellodivorce.com forward slash moms because moving on means moving up. We're in this together, babes. And with Hello Divorce, you've got the support to thrive. Hi moms, if you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus, I've connected with Worthy on a special bonus offer for the Moms Moving On community. A $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from that engagement ring? Get started today at worthy.com slash moms. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. It's not like the texting went from like these lengthy soliloquies to, okay, it went from Mm -hmm. the same thing to the same thing, you know, minus a period of maybe a little hostility, which is I think normal in the after a split and we'll get to that but you know you have to ask yourself like why do i want this like text form of validation from this person you've made moms moving on your number one podcast for co-parenting and divorce now it's time to get a little unfiltered i'm your host michelle
1: and i'm her co-host jeff
0: and together We're getting really real about all that happens after a mom has moved on.
1: From dating after divorce to blending families, we're covering it all and everything in between.
0: We hope you enjoy this unfiltered version of Moms Moving On. Welcome back to another unfiltered episode of Moms Moving On. We're so happy to be here with you talking about a really relevant topic, Jess and I, because we're people pleasers, right? And we... Can kind of be over sharers. And we think that, like, the nicer we are, the nicer people are going to be back to us. But I think we both learned the hard way that first couple of years in divorce, you can't expect to be communicated with in the same manner you communicate to. Jess, hi. 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 So Jess and I are the queens of receiving texts from our exes that are either like thumbs up or The letter K, which is great. I mean, that's like, it's, it's not fighting. It's not, um, it's not instigatory. It's not inflammatory,
1: but you know, we'll pour our heart out in texts and just get the Mm K and we're like, Oh, all right. Yeah. I feel like, like you mentioned, I am still such an overshare So, five years in, you know, I will send this very detailed message if it's about like a sporting event that my kids have or summer camp that I sign them up for. And I will outline every single detail to it. And I'll get the response of like, okay, or a thumbs up, or he likes it. And I'm like, I just put all of this effort in. You can't be like, Thank you so much for doing that. But I think it takes realizing that that's just going to be his communication style. And I'm not really changing my communication style. I'm still going to give him the long, drawn out text with information and his response may forever be okay. And I have to just accept that.
0: And you know what also comes with that is taking a step backwards into your old life with this person. You know, my ex as much as we were in love, was not a texter. Like he's the guy who's going to forget his phone in the car when he goes into work. And so it's not like the texting went from like these lengthy soliloquies to, okay, it went from Mm -hmm. the same thing to the same thing, you know, minus a period of maybe a little hostility, which is I think normal in the after a split and we'll get to that. But, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, why do I want this like, text form of validation from this person, right? That's not about anything other than you looking for maybe the pat on the back you never got from this person or as a child, you know, it's all linked to something, right? So you're looking for the same kind of response that you would give somebody else because you're a good hearted person and you do unto others the way you wish they would do unto you. But, you know, it's more about like, if you're expecting a thank you or an acknowledgement from your ex. And the first couple of years after a split via text, like, sorry, but that's why expectations are the root of all heartache.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And it's something that comes up with clients too that I'm working with that they'll say the same thing of like, I will reach out and send pictures of what our son did at school today or what our son did at home. And I'm not getting that, you know, com- communication back and we talk a lot about breaking that marital cycle of codependency mm-hmm. and for me that was one of the hardest things to do because when we were married I was a stay-at-home mom you know it's lonely it could be isolating I had a really great group of friends but I shared so much of my day-to-day and our kids day-to-day with their dad and then we're no longer together and I found myself still sharing every little detail. And I had to take a step back and realize, am I doing this for the kids at this point, or am I doing it to try to get that validation Mm -hmm. from him? And I had to realize that I'm going to have to give that validation to myself in the beginning and eventually, you know, got more comfortable in my role, but it's a hard cycle to break, especially if you've been with somebody. Yeah. I, I did
0: it too for so long. And so this is what I really want to get into. I think You know, if you are somebody who chose with, you know, the split and you're not sitting there picking up the pieces of a broken heart, you're probably going to look for more communication than the other person, right? And you're going to assume that the more that you share with this person and the more you tell them and the more pictures you send, the nicer they're going to be. And that's just not, in fact, more often than not, if you are the person who left Every time they see your name on their phone, it's a reminder. This person left me. So clients will come to me and be like, I don't understand. You know, I'm so kind. I let him know what time they need their medicine and what time this and which party is which this weekend. And I just got like this long, nasty response. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're here, ego bruised. Now they're taking your Kindness as a means of, you know, maybe they're taking it as control. Maybe they don't like being told what to do by you. So they're thinking, screw this person who left me. Now she's trying to control my weekends with the kids. It's never going to land the way you want it to in the beginning. And that's why, that's why, Newsflash, we have a parenting plan that literally outlines to the T, what needs to go on in both homes with the parents? Okay. If there is a medical exception, if your kid has a 504 and you're really concerned about the well being of your child, that's a whole separate issue. But when it comes to the day to day, if your ex is being triggered by you reaching out, don't do it. Just don't do it. If it's really terrible and they're harassing you every time you just want to say, like, what time are you picking up the kids? Switch to a court-ordered parenting app because it's going to save you a lot of time and trouble. And it's also going to put some boundaries on yourself so that you can break that marital cycle of codependency because that's really hard to do.
1: Yeah, I think it was one of, you know, that was one of the hardest things that I wasn't expecting to be such a challenge was to break that because, like you mentioned, we separated. And our divorce was what I would consider somewhat amicable, you know, just kind of grew into different people. So I wanted that friendship, like you said, and I was so used to sharing these things. And I didn't realize that it was hard for him to see me trying to communicate when From the outside, he looked like he was doing okay, but maybe he was needing to do that, like healing work. And all of this constant communication that I was trying to have with him was just too triggering and too hard for him. And it can be, you know, the same on the other end. If you have, An ex who is constantly reaching out to you for communication, setting those boundaries and being like, hey, let's keep this communication to a minimum. And like you mentioned, having a parenting plan that's well written and including all of those important details so you don't have to communicate any more than you have to, especially in that first year. I feel like that first year is such an emotional time. It is. It's such an emotional time. And you're like really rewriting
0: your relationship at that point. Right. And you're on totally separate pages. Do you like that pun, how I just worked in? You're rewriting the relationship. You're on totally separate pages and you're both kind of relearning your roles with each other. So to assume you're going to be totally in line with one another's expectations is wrong. And I know it can be hurtful because you just want to like know what your kids are up to or let him know, you know, like, hey, I I still value you as their other parent. That's why I'm sending you this update, but it may never be reciprocated. And so you kind of have to rest comfortably in that. So thankfully, I don't think you were in a situation where you would reach out kindly and receive a lot of hostility.
1: No, I just don't think there was much communication. And then my own insecurities came into play where I'm like, well, does he not think I'm a good mom? Does he not care about this? And it took a lot of self-work on my end, but there was never really, you know, don't get me wrong. Have we had those hostile text messages that I have received from him or probably he has received from me that get your blood flowing and your body feels hot and you want to fire off this rapid, equally aggressive response. Mm. Like I've been there more times than I can count. Like I, I've i been there.
0: So what? this is what I always tell people because yeah, I mean, our texts in the beginning were a little brutal because it was like, we were mm-hmm. kind, if I think back to what it really was, we just wanted to be heard by each other, right? Like yeah, he was mad at me, I was mad at him. Someone was always trying to have the last word, and there really is no last word. And if you think about it, and I think back and I cringe a little bit, there's never been a time where I have gotten emotional enough to send a nasty text where those vibes and that energy didn't spill out into the situation I was in, aka parenting or mm-hmm. work or, you know, it it bleeds out. So then you have to ask yourself, is it worth it for me to ruin my moment with my children right now or at my job or with my girlfriends at dinner? Do I need to ruin the whole night just because I feel yeah. so inclined to respond to this person? The answer is always no, no.
1: Yeah. And I this, think, you know, you, you talk about it a lot, but just leaving somebody on red putting your phone down and just, like you said, enjoy your night, enjoy a night out with your friends, your time with your kids. Like not every message warrants any response at all sometimes, but definitely not an immediate response. Like you can, if it's not life threatening to your children, you can walk away and not say anything. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, it's that marital cycle
0: of codependency where you feel obligated to respond. You know, I was Mm -hmm. just, standing in line at Starbucks. I usually order ahead. Today, I didn't. And there was a man behind me and I'm like scrolling on Instagram on my phone like a jackass. And he's like, amazing, huh? We can't put those things down. And I'm like, yes, guilty. And he was like, I feel, he goes, he was an older man. I feel so responsible to answer people right away. Does that happen to you? And I'm like, yeah, actually. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the world we live in. We don't owe anybody an immediate answer unless it's an emergency, but especially not our exes. But if you've been like the people pleasing wife walking on eggshells for so long, it's, it's hard to break that. So that's why I always say, I haven't said it in a while, mute that mofo, even if they're not mm-hmm. a mofo, mute their notifications. Because if you know, you're having a hard time breaking that cycle of like responding ASAP and holding your boundaries, let that message go on red for a while. And then once you do read it, Give yourself a couple of hours before you respond, if you even need to respond.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think that was, it was really hard for me because, and I know you know this just from our texting relationship, I, not only am I a people pleaser, but I hate conflict. And if, if there's any kind of conflict, I want to resolve it immediately. Like I want to get that icky feeling that I have and I want to get it out, but in co-parenting, sometimes it's the best thing you can do is just to sit for a while and not give that emotional response right off the bat. When your emotions are high and you're triggered from what they said, give yourself time to process it, maybe take a walk. One of the things that I like to do and I talk to clients about it is I would go in the notes app in my phone and I would write out what I wanted to say in that moment, like what my first response was. And then I would give it an hour or two and go back and read it. And even in that short amount of time, I would be able to be like, girlfriend, you don't want to say that. Like that's not going to be productive. That's not the response you want to send.
0: So I I have clients do this with me sometimes where I'm like, okay, you're having a hard time not responding. Start sending me the responses and we're gonna we're gonna look at it the next time we meet. Yeah. And and I want you to read it to me out loud. And every single time they're like, oh, okay. Oh my God. That's insane. And, but I'm like, there is a way to send this message, but just not with this much emotion and anger and hostility, because you're already dealing with somebody whose ego is bruised. And that's why the ear statements for coming upset people that Bill Eddy developed are super important. The Biff method of communication is super important. These things make a huge difference when you're learning to separate your emotions from communicating with this person.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we talked about it earlier on. It's when, you know, if if there's an issue that's coming up and it has to do with schedule or vacation or something like that, that's when you can use our one of our favorite sayings is per our parenting plan, you know, referring back to those important documents that you guys came up with together to kind of avoid that conflict and focus on what is most important. They're calling it the Bible for
0: all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, real life advice on conquering divorce, co-parenting through conflict, and becoming your best self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me, through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Can I be honest? One of the things... so. I've always been extra communicative and even in our mm-hmm. even in our worst moments um Bella's dad and I have always sent pictures back and forth and like I remember yeah. in the beginning Spencer would be like I don't understand isn't he so mad at you and then he sends these pictures and I'm like I never took the anger personally I definitely tried yeah. to Get him to see my perspective, which is a waste of time in most cases, but I never took it personally. And I think one of the most important things I learned to do was give him his space to feel his feelings like he deserved that Mm -hmm. and stop forcing this like fake amicability on him that he wasn't ready for. It was never gonna, it was never gonna pan out if I kept pushing it. But something that really helped me. Cause we do like, there's certain times where I'm like, oh my God, I got to tell him this. I was married to him. Like we shared a life. There are certain inside jokes. There are certain, you know, when Jimmy Buffett died, he was my first Mm -hmm. text. He's the ultimate parrot head. Like there are still those moments, but something that has curbed it for me a little bit is when he got into a relationship, I, I kept imagining this beautiful soul that he's with. Like every time I texted him being like, what the fuck does she want, man? Yeah. And so that has definitely slowed me down because if there's one thing I don't want, it's hostility with his partner. So if your ex is already dating somebody and you don't want to be on bad terms with the partner, maybe don't take up all the memory in his phone or her phone. Yes.
1: Do you yeah, think that that hard.
0: stopped you a little bit when um, your ex met his yeah. wife? Yeah.
1: I think so. And I think for us, like, you know, I didn't wanna like overstep those boundaries like you talked about. And like I wanted to have a good relationship with his now wife. And if I was constantly texting him that she's gonna be like, What the hell? Like, why is this woman? still. So sharing every little detail if it's outside of what's going on with the kids. And that's a hard cycle to break. I think like you mentioned, I mean, we were married for so long. We got married young and we had so many of the same friendships and so many of the same interests and all of those things. So I would just like my first reaction, if I saw like a news article or heard something about friends of ours would be to like send a text letting him know. And I'm like, he doesn't need to know anymore. He'll find out. It's so Um, hard
0: not to do. It is so hard not to do. I want to like understand the science behind why we do this because even still, you know, but I've I've definitely, I've changed our our level. Our communication has been friendly and respectful for a while, you know, minus the long text I send and the thumbs up that I get, which again, I don't take personally. He's the worst texter in the world. Um, So is my husband for that matter. But I definitely, make sure to not interfere on his time with his new partner, because that just can be so uncomfortable for everybody. And I don't want to be like the elephant in the room every time they're together. So I'm mindful of that. And I think that that goes a long way in terms of keeping things calm with the other
1: side for sure. And the other thing that, you know, we have had our ups and downs in our co-parenting relationship, and we've had moments where our communication hasn't been great, or that we're not seeing eye to eye on a specific topic. Um, But one thing that I always do, you know, especially with Sawyer, she loves sharing, you know, can you send this to dad? Can I FaceTime dad? They're at the age now where they want to do that. And regardless, if we're, not seeing eye to eye on something or we're in a disagreement, I will always send, you know, those pictures, send those updates, do those things so that the kids feel like then they go. The last thing I want is for her to be like, can you send this picture to dad? And I don't do it. And she goes over there and she's like, did you see what I was doing this weekend? And he has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, that that
0: would be terrible.
1: That's where, you know, being the bigger
0: person really comes into play. Something that we do here, which is important for Bella, I think, very similar to what you do. So my parenting plan says that they're supposed to speak to the other parent twice a day. So technically... In the morning before she goes to school and at night before she goes to bed, she'll call her dad. But every single day after school, she comes through the garage door, sits down at the kitchen island, and I plop the phone in front of her. And I'm like, tell us both about your day. Because what I hear, he should hear. Because by the time she sees him again, if she's, you know, yesterday she came home with all the feelings and her report card and who said what at school. And it's important that if he can answer at that time, I want him to be a part of that conversation with us because it goes away so quickly. And then she forgets about what bothered her or whatever. So that's something I do not because I have to, but because I think it is really in her best interest to be able to share her day with both parents. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes though, she's like, don't tell daddy because he's going to get mad. And I'm like, well, I don't keep secrets from daddy. So if Mm -hmm. this is something that you're worried about telling him, I want you to, Think about how you can share it with him in a way that, you know, he won't get upset because I will never, ever, even though it feels good to be the person she tells everything to, I think if she were going to him and saying, don't tell mommy, I would cry. Right.
1: Yeah. Like really hard. No, we have that too, especially if like something happens at school. I mean, Sawyer is me as a child, like I'll get the email that's like, you know, she was talking too much in class or she was socializing, whatever. And it'll go to both of us and she'll get home and she'll be like, don't tell dad that my teacher emailed you. And I'm like, well, dad gets the same emails. Like, we may have a different approach to how we handle this, but we both have to know what's going on so we can help you through these things that come up, you know, in day to day life and at school and things like that. And that's a great way
0: to have your children, especially like elementary age children and younger, understand that just because your other parent is not under this roof, does not mean they're not your parent when you were in my home, right? Like we're still very much your parents. We're still going to make decisions together despite, you know, not living or sleeping in the same bed. And I think that's, it's a really great way to remind your kids that you're still a family just in a very different way. So I have to ask a personal question because I know this was kind of an issue in my relationship with Spencer. When you started dating your significant (laughs) other, because I know he was never married before right so mm-hmm. was it weird for him when you would receive texts or calls from your
1: ex I think it was weird in the beginning. I like to think it was because he was never married and just, you know, he knew that this person was going to play like a, a huge role in, in my kids' lives, but I don't think he quite understood the level of communication that we would still have to have in order to co parent our children. Um, so it was like a conversation we had to have early on like, hey, I'm not communicating with this person because I want to get back together with him. I'm mm-hmm. communicating because. Because it's revolving around our children and what's most important. And I think, you know, for people listening, if they are dating somebody after divorce and their new partner does not want them to communicate whatsoever with their ex, like for me, that's a huge red flag. Obviously you're not going to be like sending lovey-dovey texts back and forth to your ex, but communication regarding your children is always is going to happen. it's going to have to happen if they're going to be jealous or have some snide comment anytime you get a text message like that's not the kind of supportive partner that you're going to want in your life
0: at all and I can tell you from experience on the other side of that Spencer my husband now is just the most rational level-headed like mm-hmm. calm I mean he that's why he makes a great judge like he's really neutral about certain things and like help me see my ex's perspective so many times and also taught me like to be mindful. Like if we were at dinner, because we started dating not long after my ex and I split. If we were at dinner and I got a text from my ex, I would get like nervous and feel like I have to respond yeah. right away. And he'd be like, can we just have dinner? And then you can answer on the way home because I guarantee on the way home, you're going to feel differently than you feel now. And he really helped me with that. And I was so grateful love because I'm impulsive to a T. And so Mm -hmm. being impulsive and being emotional and also being five minutes post-divorce, it's like a deadly combo.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. That's like such a huge support system to have is to just have someone that can like ground you in those moments and be like, hey, let's eat this pasta before you send your response. Yeah. And I
0: was always so like, I remember so jealous in the beginning of his relationship with his ex. He was already two years out. Spencer. And they were so amicable and friendly that I'd be like, that was like salty until I got to that place and realized it's all good. It's better this way. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Like. Thumbs up to that. Yeah. I think for
1: us, it's because in my mind, if someone does it, I'm like, do you hate me? Are you mad at me? Like that is my mindset. So there's that meme. I
0: saw it the other day. It was like, I'm just going to assume that if you send me a thumbs up or, okay, you fucking hate me and want me to die. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm the person who adds in the extra exclamation point when I say, okay, just so people don't think I'm mad.
1: Right. But let's be honest. I'm also that petty person that I add the period when I am mad at somebody. Like if I, if I text you and there's a period, I don't think you have any periods in our text thread, just so you know. And now
0: I'm going to go back and check. Now I'm a little paranoid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So now you know. A
0: a period is definitely, it like carries so much weight in a text message. There's like that finality. 100%. Mm -hmm. If you really want to piss off your ex, put a period at the end of your sentence. Just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. But you
1: know, in
0: conclusion, because we've gone sideways, don't use communication as a as a tool to gauge where your co-parenting relationship is because chances yeah. are if you're not getting hostile like, you know, being told off in your text every day and you are just getting a thumbs up or you're being left on red, that's really good. That is really good because it yes. can be a lot worse than that. And as you know, if your message is landing and they're not firing back, great. and if you are now going to work on, the question of, do I really need to send this or is it me just wanting, you know, to be a little too nice as usual? If that's yeah. going to register with you now, then we've done our job in this podcast. I also wanted to go back to what I mentioned, the Biff statements and the ear statements for calming upset people. These are terms coined by Bill Eddy, who is the founder of the High Conflict Institute. He's written countless books on how to communicate with difficult people and keep conflict low. We work on this in sessions with clients. We teach this. We teach it to our coaches. It's important stuff. So if you really want to dig deep on how to better communicate and change your co-parenting relationship, book a session with Jess or myself. We'd love to help you with this. It's life-changing for real.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, I think the Bith method and ear statements, like they can help you in your co-parenting relationship, but I feel like I've had to like use them personally just in relationships with other people, they go such a long way in having productive communication and navigating any kind of conflict.
0: Yeah. It's really worth learning. We can help you with that. So get in yeah. touch with us at info at We'd love to help you. We also love to hear whatever topics you're interested in us chatting about. Um, Jess, do you have anything else to share before we wrap? I don't think so. All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to our unfiltered series. We love recording these for you and we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. Bye everyone. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms, and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Multak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.